0: a home, an investment property, or if you're looking to become a homeowner in the Las Vegas area, don't change the station, because it's time for the most comprehensive, informative, and interactive mortgage and real estate show in Nevada. Rent it, buy it, revive it. Brought to you by Residential Bank Corp. your first and only choice when looking for home financing. Residential Bank Corp. funding America one neighborhood at a time. Here's the host, producer, and senior loan officer proud. at Residential Bank Corp,
1: Brian it's
0: usually loud. My mom, she's
1: so house proud. All right. Yeah. Here we go on a Friday night in Las Vegas. Welcome to our house. It's just after 6 o'clock, and this is Rent It, Buy It, Refi It, the show that is keeping Las Vegas informed about the ever-changing housing market and on all the current home financing programs and options available in the state of Nevada and beyond. The show is brought to you by Residential Bank Corp Funding America, one neighborhood at a time, with integrity, experience, and quality customer service. I'm the host, Brian Feldman. You can catch us right here on KSHP 1400 AM, same time, every Friday night. The show is also streaming live on the KSHP website. speak that one out again how about the KSHP website that's KSHP.com then just click listen live and you'll be on board you can also watch the show on Facebook live and YouTube and after the show the podcast is available on the residential bank corp uh, pay uh, website and on the radio stations website as well if you are listening to the show for the first time or if you are a little curious as to my background I'm a former host of the radio shopping show here on KSHP and I've been hosting another sports talk show on Sunday morning mornings at 8 for going on 11 years now. The show's called Out of Line and it's on a station just barely down the dial. I can't give out the call letters of that station as that would be considered a conflict of interest and Mark Hayes will come in here and kick my ass so I cannot do that. But I can tell you that on that station you can hear all of the Vegas Golden Knights games, you know, kind of like a fox. Alright, I'm going to shut up right now before I get myself into any trouble. Um, but that being said, my profession, you know, the job that pays the the bills and puts food on the table. I am a branch manager with the best mortgage lender in Las Vegas, residential bank corp and over um, uh, I've been originating loans for overall now I think about 21 years Jeez, oh Pete I'm giving away my age tonight should be a good informative show by the way we will start things off with today's guest Jake Burkett who is the managing partner of the brand new Jake Burkett real estate team which is under the real broker umbrella in Las Vegas Jake is a retired Air Force veteran who had a unique military career prior to being introduced to the real estate profession in January of 2017 Jake and I just concluded our first transaction together a little over a week ago and it was good but somewhat challenging the experience of doing that and we will be sharing our story here shortly and Jake is also going to share his thoughts on the current state of the housing market in Las Vegas and what you should be looking for when choosing a realtor. Then around 6.30 it's the CEO corner where Residential Bank Court President and Chief Executive Officer Corey Wood will give us his State of the Mortgage Industry address. No, it's not a political show so stop it. And it should be as informative as it gets today tonight. Corey will be addressing the question and everyone interested in the housing market, buying, selling, renting, is asking, why are interest rates still going up? He's also going to let us know what we can expect to happen at the next couple uh, Fed Reserve meetings. So you think that's informative? I think this is one where you put the kids to bed a little bit early, turn the TV down, turn the radio or computer up, and stick and stay tonight. You definitely want to do that. Also part of the show is our social media director, Spencer the Wiz Ostrovsky. There it is. Uh, Yeah, if you are listening to the show for the first time, what you heard is correct. The Wiz has his own theme music, but... Trust me, after five years of putting up with me, it is beyond well-deserved. Um, and uh, He's also responsible for keeping the video portion of the show on point. So if you are watching uh, the show on Facebook Live or on YouTube, you'll see that you see why I was born with a face for the radio and you also see that Spencer is doing his job. So, great there, Um, and, and as he always does. And listen, the show is live and interactive, so that does mean your calls and questions are welcome. You can reach out on the question forum, or you can try Calling the KSHP Residential Bank Corp studio line, which is 702 221 7283. And do me a favor if you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends anyways, for God's sakes. If they don't own a home, you know that they want to. And we've got the goods right here every Friday night to make home ownership dreams a reality. So stick and stay, check it out. And uh, again, we're here every Friday night. Love your calls, love your input, and we love all the feedback we get. So make sure you do that and definitely hit us up on the forum. We will be appreciative of that as well. Um, one of the things that I want to get going right now is don't forget, Corey Wood is on at 630 and we're going to get things started right now. Let's kick things off off with our guest, Jake Burkett, um, right here, Real Broker, and here he is right now. Hold on. I got it you got you can't go in without this, Jake. Okay. Even though the pandemic has been kind of officially over for a while, our audience is still social distancing. So they're far away. We can hear them. We can't see them. And that's probably a good thing. Let me turn on your mic, Jake. And first and foremost, welcome to the show, man.
2: Brian, thank you so much for having me today. It's a real pleasure and a real honor to be here. And, um, yeah, just
1: excited. Well, you know, before we get into all this stuff, before we even talk about the recent transaction that we did, I want to, I want to talk to you about your former career. You know, a veteran, first of all, thank you for your service. I am uh, always unbelievable. Respectful and humble of 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 all of our veterans, it's it's a really cool thing, and I think it's a great tag to have on you. But reading about you, you worked with dogs, you canine the canine unit in the Air Force. Talk about that a little bit, because that is a pretty unique opportunity.
2: Yeah, well, thank you again. Uh, So it was definitely a pleasure and an honor to serve uh, this great country. So yes, so I was in the Air Force, and um, early on in my career, I had an opportunity. So I was in security forces, which is also the police force, uh, security force for the Air Force, and I had an opportunity to become a. military working dog handler, so I jumped at that opportunity. Uh, The Air Force took me aside for three months, sent me to a Department of Defense school with all, all four branches of the service and the Coast Guard, so all five branches. And uh, we learned all about dog training, how to work narcotics dogs, how to work explosives dogs, and of course the patrol work. That's like the bite work, you know, apprehending suspects and whatnot like that. And uh, so my career just kind of took off with that. Uh, it took me all over the world, uh, working narcotics dogs, working explosive dogs. So something really cool probably the general public doesn't know about the military working dog handler program is the Secret Service augments through the military for explosive detector dog support. It's because they just don't have enough you know, of their own canine court to go all over the world, with all their dignitaries and whatnot. So uh number of times went all over the world, all over the U S supporting and working with the secret service, wearing plain clothes, civilian suits, just kind of blending in with them and, uh, and just doing something very different, but it was a real exciting uh, time of my life.
1: What I, you know, I just I, I'm I'm fascinated by that. Of course, I love dogs. I think a lot of people do, but I'm fascinated by it. What does it entail? Like, what part of the training were you doing, and like, how in the world do you get dogs to you know basically th- detect narcotics or explosives? How do you do that?
2: So it's it's not really that complicated, right? So. You find out what a dog's drive is. You know, like, what are they like? Are they like a food reward dog? Do they love a certain toy or whatnot? And they already have, like, their basic obedience training, um, you know, and our dogs would already have patrol work, that's attack work, and what, like, that trained too. Um, so, really, there's there's protocols to it, and you just introduce them to, like, one scent at a time, and then whatever your desired response is for that, you know, indication of that scent, like... Some narcotics dogs would be trained to, like, be aggressive and dig for it, not in the military, on the civilian side. Um, and then, in, so with the explosive dogs, of course, you don't want them digging. It's a very passive response. They would just sit and then look at that handler for their reward. Then you'd, you know, do their food reward, their toy reward, whatever it is. But you just start out with boxes. You have a scent and odor in a box, and it's repetitive, 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 repetitive. And you just ingrain that into the dog. And then when you see the dog has, like, mastered one scent, whatever it may be, C4. Dynamite, marijuana, you know, cocaine, whatever it may be, um, then you start introducing the next scent that you want them to train on and respond on, and it's just continual positive reinforcement with either that food treat or that toy treat for that dog. Um, and then once the dog has got those, there's protocols and certifications they have to go through with magistrates and whatnot because it is a legality thing. You know, people can get thrown in jail for the narcotics things, or of course, if you're having to call out explosive, you know, ordinance because we have you know, a, a explosive scenario, and that can go a whole. Different so the dogs get certified, the handler gets certified with the dog, and then it's just continual training. Just it's daily,
1: repetitive, it's all just the repetitive. time, all the
2: time, all the time. So
1: no, it was super interesting. And uh, I knew I was going to be getting questions. People, I appreciate the questions on the forum. It's a real estate mortgage show, but the, I knew they were going to ask questions. Um, what was that question, Jesse from Henderson? <clears throat> She just asked, like, how are the dogs treated? Jesse, I can answer the question. I'm sure they're treated fantastically, like thoroughbred horses, right. but how are they treated?
2: Uh, they're treated well. So we have our own veterinary corps on the base. The U.S. Army is the veterinary corps for the military. So even at a Marine Corps base, Navy base, Air Force base, there'll be a vet, an Army veterinary corps on base. So the dogs have their own doctors. They get their routine checkups all the time, routine dental cleanings. They are housed in kennels on the base, so they're, you know, have 24 7 monitoring, food, watering, cleaning out. Even if the handler, like myself, is like on leave or out of town, then the other handlers would come in and exercise the dog, take him out into our training area, let him run around, let him play a little bit. And then while we're working, if I'm working an eight hour shift or a 12 hour shift, that dog is with me in my patrol car that entire shift. So we're hanging out, we're walking around, we're interacting with people, or we're, you know, doing you know, patrol work or whatever it may be, um, driving around cars and stuff like that. So they're just like your best buddy. I was going to say, you
1: got to get really attached to them, right? I mean, I get so attached to my dogs it is as it is now. I can only imagine that being with them every day and working with them, you get really attached. So what happens like when you move on and you separate and someone else takes over the dog? How is that process? Because dogs are pretty intelligent beings. They are.
2: So I think the dogs get used to it. So they go to a school, too, to be trained. And they have multiple different trainers training them on on different aspects and, and through different phases and so unfortunately the dogs are considered a piece of equipment to the military Um, they're treated very well but they are like a a Equipment item, so they are assigned to that base to that unit. Us as handlers, we are assigned, but we would move around every two, four, six years, whatever it may be. So whenever we would leave, the you know I would go out as another dog handler would come in to replace me. They would have their rapport building time, their training time, their certifications, and then you know that handler would pick up that dog, and you know that dog would just be spending all kinds of time with that handler then. So
1: and, and do you use the training that you use there, like for when you have a, a domestic pet now? Do you, are, do you do you reflect on some of that when training your domestic? Pets.
2: We we have a really chill golden doodle named Ivy at our house. So she doesn't she just likes to hang out and relax and sleep a lot. Um, but just, you know, positive reinforcement, always with the dog. If they do a behavior you want, we reinforce it. And then, of course, you know, she doesn't do anything wrong. So um, a lot of handlers do go out and start, like, their own dog training programs uh, while they're in the service or after the service. Um, so you'll see a lot of, and I know a couple here in town that have their own, like, on the side, you know, obedience dog training you know, schools and academies. And it's all stuff they learn from the service.
1: No, really, really, really cool. And I had I actually had, before he passed a few years back, but an Australian golden doodle. Oh, okay. Partially Australian shepherd and then the Golden dual part. Super, maybe the most intelligent dog I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, just, just so easy to train. I had him speaking, counting to 10. It was really <laughs> kind of cool, you know. Um, all right, we'll transition over into the real estate. And so you have this military career. What made you make the jump? You get out of that. There's probably so many different opportunities and avenues you could have gone down and yet you chose real estate.
2: Uh, there was a lot of opportunities. And so the military is a very structured, rigid life, you know, and I knew whatever I did in my second phase of, you know, what was going to be a professional career, um, I I didn't want to have such a structured format, you know, and I really wanted to do something where my effort, you know, would directly impact my, my income. Right, And so I really didn't even think about real estate. And I was actually in a gym, at CrossFit gym here in north of town called CrossFit Apollo and um, working out with a a guy. And um, he was like, what are you going to do in your attire? And he was in real estate. And I I was like, I'm not really sure yet. And I had some time and what like that. And so he's like, you ever thought about real estate? I was like, not really. We went to lunch and here I am wow crazy
1: so, and you worked with that team that first guy was part of your initial group that you were with for about six years
2: so i didn't actually join with him okay. I, I joined on with another guy joe herrera and his partner taylor prince fantastic guys they've uh, been in real estate in their las vegas so locals.
1: joe taylor was actually two different people
2: yeah it's joe herrera and taylor okay prince. i
1: did not know that yeah. until now okay
2: yeah. so um and then one day i got a text from joe when he heard i was going into real estate and he's like hey like come chat and we went and chatted, and I liked everything they had to offer. And for the past six years, I was with them, super grateful, learned a lot. Um, more than I, could, I had tons of support from them, like wonderful, wonderful guys. Um, but, you know, there's every time in everyone's career where it's, it's time to take the next step. So I still work with them and collaborate with them and, and closing, you know, deals and helping families, actually, is what I'm doing with them. But then I was like, it's time to start, you know, my own Jay Perkett, you know, real estate um, group, firm. And so we just we just got that going at the beginning of this year. And so far, it's doing really well. And we're just really excited
1: to help families. Congratulations on that. And I'm going to give you all Jake's social media handles right now. His Instagram is Jake. That Burkett dot realtor the youtube channel is jake briquette real estate and his website is jake briquette real estate lv.com did i get all that right you did thanks so okay. much Brian. first time it. i'm i'm happy but um you know they're looking he's planning to grow this business they're going to be hiring agents over time if you're out there um what i can tell you you know and, and again i like to keep it as real as i can in here i got an opportunity to meet jake kind of backwards you know this doesn't usually happen this way where um i actually had a buyer that was trying to contact my old business partner through email. He wasn't responding. So I responded and said, Hey, you know what? I can help you out. I talked to Louie. Louie said, Yeah, go ahead and help him out. And it turns out that he had hired Jake as his realtor. And Jake and I start talking. I like Jake right away because Jake was on top of his game. He's on me. Like, Hey, how is this transaction? How strong is this? You know, is my, is my buyer here and everything else? And I really like when a realtor is that proactive up front and gets on me. The one thing I like about both Jake and I, although today wouldn't be indicative of that because we were both, we were both scrambling, but we both answer our phone when we call each other. It's kind of nice to have a realtor that I can call. And it's like, man, this guy, Jake Burkin, I remember telling uh, John, our, our other branch manager that works out of our building as well, and Lawrence Milo, I, go, I love this guy already. He answers his phone. He's on me. He's on his game. And not only that, but Jake did something through this transaction that a lot of realtors won't do. And if they do, they're going to be pretty upset about having to do it. And that is actually helping get information that you need from the buyer. And we had a great buyer. I love the kid. I, 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 I'm i not going to mention names on here of people we do business with, but I loved him. I enjoyed his father. And they were really excited about getting this place. You found him a property. They really were, especially the price range was right. But the problem was the buyer is a young guy. He's in his early 20s, which tells me he's a tremendous wherewithal of his life. He is already investing in, in real estate, which is just a gigantic step at such a young age. But the urgency. You know, you don't start getting urgency till you get a little bit older. That comes with age and wisdom and and we would say hey, I need a pay stub from you. It would take three days to get the pay stub and then his dad would hit me up like hey, where are we at in the transaction? I'm like well, we're the same place we were three days ago when I asked your son for a pay stub and so at the end we had a few other things that we were just, it was tough communicating. Jake got involved and between all of us collaborating, we got this thing done. We might have closed it two weeks beforehand which is the cool part. We were that far ahead of the game and it was by Jake's work ethic and diligence. And of course, my company really takes these things seriously and pride ourselves on getting things done with speed and accuracy. So we got it all done. It's funny because I say the transaction took about 30 days, Jake, but yet it could have taken 14. And that's the cool part about it. Absolutely. So so tell me, something like this, how often do you run into things like this? And is this something, was this kind of an anomaly or are you the kind of guy that rolls up his sleeves and does this on a regular basis?
2: Um, I would say I roll up and do this on every transaction. So, Whatever it takes to help out that client get to their end goal, which is either selling or buying their house, right? Um, sometimes you in real estate, even between realtors, like there's this barrier of like adversity. Like, you know, like are we partners or are we against each other? And so I think like we're all, I know we're all on the same team, like the buyer, the seller, agent, the lender, the title rep, like we all have the same exact goal, which is to help that client achieve their goal, which is either buying or selling a house. So I feel like it doesn't matter what. Our actual assigned role is within the transaction. Like, however, we all support each other, help each other to get to that end state, which is either handing someone keys or taking them away. You know what I mean? And they receive their equity through, you know, the tr- the title company, and whatnot. Like, that's all that really matters is making sure that that client is not stressed, that they enjoy the process. And I feel like sometimes. Um, you know, when you're in a sales environment, and that per- you need that person, but sometimes you just have to be politely direct with them. Like, hey, guys, like I know you're busy. We're, bu- you know, everyone's busy, but like we need these items. If we don't get these items from you, or if Brian doesn't get these items from you, like it's going to delay things, and you yeah. just explain it to some let them understand, like, hey, like we're here supporting you, but we also need you to support us too. If something's needed, you have to get that to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this file even went to the point of here. It's a really strong file. Uh, you know, our, our automated underwriter approved them right away, but yet it went into suspense, waiting for mm-hmm. documents at times. And yeah. something I don't need to inform you guys about, which I didn't, because I don't want to panic. Like, what do you mean it's in suspense? But it was. It got went into suspense twice, waiting for documents because an underwriter. You know, I've always said this, and to my friends that are underwriters out there I love you, but you know this is the bottom line is when you're applying to be an underwriter, the, the boss takes the person, he sits him in a chair, and he puts a milk dud in a chair next to him and he says, if your personality is any better than this milk dud, you don't get the job. That's what an underwriter is. I'm kidding, but realistically they you know they are regimented and yep. they have this focus. And when they ask us for something, it is we need this we need this to move forward. Mm-hmm. And until they get what they need, they've got seventy other files they're working on that gets pushed off to the side yep. until they get what they need. And that's the one thing that's hard to relate to buyers. Like, hey, we hate bugging you. Like, the last thing I ever do, and the last thing Jake ever does is sit around and like, what can we bother Mr. Buyer buyer for today? You know what? Let's call him up and ask him for another pay stub. I promise you, that is never happening. It is an underwriter that got to my processor that said, we need another pay stub. My processor says, Brian, we need another pay stub. And me and my LOA get on the job of getting that other pay stub. Never do we sit there and come up with ideas of things we want to bother you for. It's just part of the process. And because of the collapse in 2008. They have changed the laws where every I is dotted and every T is crossed and it is for the consumer's protection. Believe it or not, it is. And so they are going to make sure that everything is done 100% accurately and properly in order for us to close loans now. It's not like before. You're not going to slide anything past anybody and that's the way that it works. But um, Jake, great. It, it was a great overall, great transaction. We got it done and that was really good. What would you say now to, going into break because I know I teased we were gonna, I was going to have Jake talk to you about from a realtor's perspective the state of the Las Vegas housing market. And then a little bit after we talk to Corey, before we get off the air, Jake's going to tell you, when you are looking for a realtor, it is extremely important. I say this when you're looking for a lender or a realtor. Your job is to interview them. Make sure they are somebody that is going to help you. Somebody that is going to be there for you. Somebody that is going to go to bat for you. Right now, we are in what is called a buyer's market still. It was a little bit more of a buyer's market, especially earlier last year and through last year, but it is still a buyer's market. What that means is that means your realtor can get certain things done for you, and your mortgage person can as well. But the key is talking to them and making sure you educate yourself. But I'm going to let Jake expand on that a little bit more. But before we go to break, I want you to tell people right now, because Corey's going to probably expound on this a little bit more, what do you feel from a realtor's perspective right now, the state of the Nevada housing market? Well,
2: before we get there, Brian, sorry, I'm just going to add a quick for your audience to know, like, what you guys did on your end of it. So, this transaction we were just talking about, this sale, these people who I had actually been working for two years wanting to buy their first home together, right? So, Brian has, they did a down payment assistance program, right? And so, this doesn't happen very often. And so we bought the house for under list price, and we asked for closing concessions, which is to have the seller contribute towards the buyer's closing costs, right? So we asked for it as much as we possibly could. And so at the end of the transaction, this buyer actually got paid $3,000 to buy this house. So they didn't have to front any type of cash, right? And at the end of it, they were actually credited with $3,000. So that's really cool. And you definitely don't see that very often. You buy the house for, I think we were $14,000 under list. Yeah. And they got $3,000 deposited into their account at closing. So which,
1: which is so rare. It was a down payment assistance program. And because of Jake doing exactly what I just alluded to, a real Should be doing for you, going to bat for them and getting them this concession. That concession afforded them, it almost to me felt like a VA loan because they walked in, not only did they not have to bring anything, they got their earnest money deposit back. Mm -hmm. It is a very rare thing, but that is when you have a team that works together for you and understands exactly what you're trying to do. And what this afforded the buyers, you've got a young 23-year-old buyer. Now instead of being house poor and maybe sleeping on a cot for the first couple months Mm -hmm. while he saves up the money to buy. Buy furniture by getting that three thousand dollars back, he can start living right away, and it takes so much pressure. Awesome! Great job all the way around. We'll get our audience out here to approve that as well. So, yeah, it, Jake deserves the applause. You don't need to give him to me, this guy you, deserves Ryan, the applause. But it was, it was really cool. Listen, we are going to take a break. We're a little bit overdue for that right now. On the other side, Corey Wood, our president and CEO, is going to be joining the show with the CEO corner again. He is going to explain to you. Why and give you the reasons why we see interest rates continuing to rise. I don't want you to be worried about that. And Corey also is going to shine light on why, even though I sound like a broken record, it is still a good time to purchase a home. It's not a bad time. I understand if you need to rent, but the bottom line, which you are going to find if you are out there in the rental market right now and not talking to a lender and not talking to a realtor, you are going to find that rental, your, your payment, your monthly payment on a rental property probably is going to be about the same as it would be on a purchase property. And wouldn't you rather have the benefits of home ownership, the tax benefits, or do you want to pay somebody else's mortgage? Now, again, there are people in a position where you have to rent. I understand that. But if you're not sure if you're in that position, if you're not contacting people to find out you're making a grave mistake, Corey will talk about that also on the other side. Once again, you are listening to Rent It, Buy It, Refi It. We are on KSHB 1400 AM. Uh, every Friday night, six to seven. My name's Brian Feldman. I am joined live in studio by Real Brokers, Jake Burkett, who, by the way, again, just started his own team. And you could possibly be a part of that. Make sure you stick around. We'll give out all Jake, Jake's social media, and his personal cell phone. You know mine all the time. I give it out on the air: 702-964-5720. Call me anytime with questions. We will see you on the other side of this.
0: Big Dogs Brewing Company,
1: open 24-7, is
0: an award-winning brewery, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Rancho at Cray. Find out more at bigdogsbrews.com.
3: Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro, and I'm hosting my new show, Pushing the Limits, right here on KSHP, starting Monday, February 21st, noon to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday. Listen, it's a show like no other in the Valley. We're covering it all here, local and national sports, of course, the Raiders, the Knights, Aces, UNLV, and more. I'll bring you some of the biggest names on the planet when it comes to entertainment. I'll also cover big local news stories that affect you, and even sprinkle a little politics into the equation. Find another show that does all that, and I'm not afraid to cover anything that matters, but here's the best part i've always done this throughout my career and i'm going to continue to do it pushing the limits will be the most interactive show in town i'll always give our listeners an opportunity to sound off so please join me starting february 21st noon to 2 p.m monday through friday right here on
1: kshp and find out how i push the limits every day Hey, if you own or plan to own a home, listen up. I'm Brian Feldman, host of Rent It, Buy It, Refi It, and today I'm talking Residential Bank Corp., a mortgage company with licensed pros taught to treat every client exactly as they would want to be treated. At Residential Bank Corp., they offer a wide variety of mortgage programs and a speedy process. From the time your application is taken until your loan funds, your loan officer will keep you informed throughout the entire process, and that process can take as little as two weeks. At Residential Bank Corp., we offer the standard conventional FHA and VA. We have down payment assistance, Homes for Heroes, Teachers Grants, Self-Employed, Foreign Nationals, and pretty much every mortgage program offered in the state. When I'm not on the radio, I'm a licensed loan officer at Residential Bank Corp, and I'd love to meet you. The office is located in Las Vegas at 3068 East Sunset, between Eastern and Pecos. Come on in and let's get you approved today. Residential Bank Corp, funding America, one neighborhood at a time. Brian Feldman, NMLS 116-2258. Louis Galindo, NMLS 145-5715. Branch, NMLS 120894. Corporate, NMLS. MLS 210853, uh, Equal Housing Lender.
0: Vegas Boulevard at Windmill Steiner's. I love this place.
3: So hot and so hot and
1: so hot and oh! All right, yeah, it's a little bit hot here, but that's good. That means summer's coming again. At least I'm not dying here, but. Always appreciate Nellie getting things rolling with us in the second half of the show, but it is that time. Once again, you are listening to Rent It, Buy It, Refined. I'm Brian Feldman. I am joined in the Residential Bank Corp, KSHP Studios, by Jake Burkett, the Jake Burkett Real Estate Team with Real Broker. And love Real Broker, one of my dear friends and another great realtor, Tom Fisher, is also with Real Broker. And of course, Tanya, your transaction writer, is great. Worked with her several times. And we'll give you all Jake's information again. But it is that time, one of my favorite times of every week of the show, and here he you go we got to give him his proper entrance
0: are you ready to get the inside scoop Updates on interest rates, home financing programs, industry secrets and projections you can't get anywhere but right here on Rent It, Buy It, Rebuy It. That's right, it's time for the CEO Corner with Residential Bancorp Chief Executive Officer Corey Wood with this week's State of the Mortgage Industry Address. Now,
1: here's Corey. And it is that time. Welcome to the show, our President and Chief Executive Officer, Corey Wood. Always enjoy the intro, Corey. I never get tired of hearing that intro. It reminds me of Ed McMahon and the Johnny Carson Show. First and foremost, how are you?
3: Uh, Brian? I'm doing wonderful. That intro always gets me Up and going. Gets me excited when I hear it.
1: Well, it's a Friday night, and you take time out of your Friday night every week to join us on the show, and we graciously appreciate it because, again, I don't know of anyone, and I've been in this business for 20 years, that has their finger on the pulse of the mortgage industry and the real estate industry more than you do. Uh, You keep such good, great track of the Fed Reserve and what's going on there. And, Corey, we're going to get right into it today and jump into this. You know, the question we just are getting hammered with every single day. Um, It reminds me of when Barry Sanders first left the Detroit Lions. And I was hiding under my desk after he left because I knew the phone calls I was about to get. And um, it's not, not quite that way because I don't really shy away from this subject, but it is something that needs to best. So I'll just ask you straight out, why are interest rates still going up?
3: Well, Brian, I can tell you this. We've had two really
1: great days
3: in the mortgage industry. Our rates actually have gone down over the last two days and tremendously. So for the last six weeks, rates have been increasing because back in January and into February, the CPI numbers, which is your inflation numbers went up. Uh, The employment reports that came out, we added over 500,000 jobs in January and that came out in February. Um, The employment report came out today and we only only, added 311,000 jobs. And the one good thing with that is of the 300,000, jobs, uh, about 105,000 of them were in hospitality and leisure, which is hotels. And it just shows people are vacationing and the market took a really good, um, you know, turn to that. Um, The reason I think the market liked it is because it's not necessarily in retail. Uh, Maybe people aren't spending as much in retail, so they're not hiring as much so i mean we're we're back we we're back to where rates were about three weeks ago, so that that that's a huge pullback in rates in a matter of two days so you know things are things are a lot better, but we've got a lot of lot of room to go right now because the Federal Reserve is meeting um on the twenty second of March the new uh consumer price index report comes out next week to show where the inflation numbers are at, and the Fed has already said that there're going to be more there's going to be more than just one rate increase um they had it a meeting with uh, the Senate last week um, and they said there, there are going to be multiple increases coming up. So we were anticipating everybody in the mortgage industry. And I think all the financial analysts were anticipating that there was only one more uh Fed funds rate increase coming in March. Now it looks like we're going to have a few more. So we were anticipating rates were going to be dropping by April. So now it's looking like rates will probably be dropping or stabilizing sometime in June or July. But like I said, today and yesterday have been a massive rally in the mortgage industry, and we've seen rates come down tremendously.
1: Corey, one of the things that, uh, there we go. I had the wrong mic on. Uh, one of the things, you know, we talked about prior to the show and we were, we were prepping for it a little bit is how amazing this sounds, but you know, you mentioned before gas and fuel prices have literally doubled in the last couple of years. How, and people say, well, why would you talk about gas and fuel prices? How is that affecting the mortgage industry? Well,
3: very simple. You know that that goes along with inflation. You know, if you look at fuel prices going back into twenty twenty, the average fuel price for diesel was two forty a gallon. Last year, it was up at five eighty a gallon. So that was up almost three dollars a gallon, and that's why your cost of goods. One of the reasons costs of goods have. You know, just skyrocketed because it costs so much more to get those goods to market. You figure we're here in Vegas that a lot of our goods are coming from California or across the nation. So you know, if the shipping costs are going up, your end costs in as a consumer are going up, and in those inflation numbers are kind of fueling the Fed raising these rates. The other the other factor besides that, besides like the fuel, is just the availability of funds. How much money has been pumped into the system? by the federal government and the Federal Reserve over the last two years. So, you know, it, it's three things really why rates have gone up and why we have such inflation is the Fed funds rate was taken down to zero to a quarter percent in 2018, and it stayed there. And, and, and an interesting fact uh, that I was reading, 60% of the mortgages that are out there are under 3% interest rate. And 80% of the mortgages are under 4% interest rate. So, so you, you have to look at it this way. You, you have all of these people with very low interest rates. Many people who have gained so much equity because it pushed so many new buyers into the market. We drove values through the roof over the last three years, higher than we've seen in many, many years. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest factors is that you had so many people buying properties, driving values up. Now you have the Fed because they understand they made this this huge error and mistake. They're now having to push rates up to kind of offset it, just try to slow the economy down. But they've got to get a hold of their rates. they got to reduce their balance sheet. And we've got to get fuel costs down to get these shipping costs down for
1: our retail stores. Yeah, no question. The feds know they cannot. The rates cannot keep increasing. That's an impossibility. So we know that's going to change. And I've got about six questions, but I'll say Jesse again from Henderson. She asked a question earlier. So now that she's asking a mortgage question, I'll, I'll throw on it again. But the question A lot of people know she's saying, why should then she consider buying a house now and not wait until maybe July or August when we anticipate the rates getting better?
3: Well, one of the biggest reasons right now is it's a buyer's market out there. We have sellers that are, you know, paying concessions anywhere from two to four, sometimes even five and 6% to, you know, to buyers for their closing costs to buy their rates down. So, you know, you might have the average interest rate in the sixes, but you have a seller paying these buy downs, taking you down into the fives. And the biggest reason is, you know, sellers have reduced prices to a level where I I personally think they may be at one of the lower levels and not going down much further because we have such a demand in Las Vegas for properties. You have so many people coming from California buying these properties. You can still get into a property for a, a very good price at a decent interest rate if the seller's paying concessions. So that's why I think right now, and I hear a lot of people out there, real estate agents I know, you know, that are that are telling people this that yeah, let's let's get in there, let's put an offer in on this property and see what we can get the seller to pay in your discount points and your closing costs to get you in for like maybe no closing costs and, and actually a much lower interest rate than what's the average interest rate out there.
1: Joe from Summerlin had an interesting statement and I want your opinion on this. And I'm going to get Jake's opinion on it after we let you go, Corey. But he's saying that his realtor is telling him that the seller of the property he is buying – uh, will not budge. Now, he hasn't heard this from the seller directly. He's hearing it from a realtor that there's going to be no concessions, there's going to be no reduction in the purchase price. Now, again, I don't know anything about the property, again, Joe, so it's hard for me to gauge on that, especially, you know, have you have you asked your realtor, but I'll let Corey answer that question, and then, like I said, I'll let Jake answer a little bit. But when you're hearing this from your realtor, the person that you're trusting and saying, look, they're not going to give you any concessions, they're not going to come, they're not going to reduce the price at all. What do you... What What would you as a consumer or as a buyer say to your realtor if he tells you that? Well, if he's telling him that, he's
3: probably spoken to the listing agent and you have a seller who's not, not super motivated to sell. Maybe they've got a low interest rate. Maybe they don't really have to leave and maybe they're just testing the market to see what they can get on the property, you know personally, I would say move on to the next property because there are plenty more properties out there. It's not like it was a year ago where we had lim- limited inventory. So you have some sellers that just won't budge, but there are a lot of other sellers that are working with buyers right now and helping them you know, pay their closing costs. So we'll, we'll let Jake answer that as well.
1: Yeah, I'm going to let Jake answer that in a minute. It's funny. I was just laughing because he said, I don't trust my realtor. Then my, I'm laughing. What are you doing with him? I got a great realtor sitting right across from me. We're going to give out his number in a little bit. When this show's over, give him a call. I don't want to fire anybody, and, and I'm not somebody, if you know me, and Corey does, I would never take business from somebody else unless somebody asked me to do that, and I would ask permission. Is just who I am, and I believe in Carmen. I think it comes back and bites you, but in the same respect, if you really mean that, Joe, and you're not just joking around that you don't trust your realtor, and he's telling you he can't get these things done, and you mean that, call another realtor, and at least present this to him. Let him know what the situation is. Give him the property address that you're looking at, and let the realtor he or she take a look at that, and that's my opinion. Take a look at it and see what their opinion is as far as they can do. Corey, a lot of things people are just asking me for predictions. uh Predictions. I know the Fed meeting's coming up in March twenty second. You kind of alluded to that a little bit. We've talked about it that we will probably see the Feds go up another half a percent, which is going to make some people unhappy. But Corey, tell people why the Fed potentially raising a half a percent is making you happy.
3: Uh, I would rather the Fed raise a half a percent than a quarter of a percent because the faster they get these interest rates up on the Fed funds rate, the sooner they'll stop. And in the mortgage industry, we just need to know that the Fed is going to be coming to an end on raising rates. And then at that time, you will see our mortgage rates drop. So the Fed doesn't even have to lower rates. We just need to know that the end is in sight. So the quicker they can get to that number, and we've heard that number could be five and a half to 6%. Let's say we get somewhere in there. Sooner we get there, the sooner our rates will stabilize and start to come down. It's the unknown that keeps pushing our rates up.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself, nor would I. If, Corey, we really appreciate it. Before I let you go, we're going to hear what Jake has to say about Joe's situation. What would you advise if, say, it was um, a friend, maybe in a state where you're not licensed to real estate, and they called you up and said, hey, this is what I'm experiencing right now, and you know, like we know, that Vegas is still a buyer's market for the most part. What would you advise a person in that respect?
2: Well, Corey was spot on with his analysis and what he talked about, I feel. So you have a seller who needs to sell or a seller who would like to sell, right? Someone who needs to sell is going to make a deal, right? Someone who's has an overinflated idea of the value of their house or their position, you know, in the market, you know, they're going to play games or sit on the sidelines or whatnot. Uh, but I would say, as anyone working with a realtor, and even if it's all verbal, I would say, put in that offer. Like, tell your agent, hey, Put in that offer, right? Because it's easy to say no to something that's not there. But then suddenly when a seller's presented with an offer, hey, like, was his name Joe in Summerlin? Yep. Yeah. So, hey, Joe wants to buy your house and, you know, he's offering you 10,000 less. And if it's in Summerlin, I'm assuming the price point's up there a little bit anyways. Like, you know, $10,000 on a $900,000 house, like, isn't a huge percentage under what they're asking. And then, of course, that realtor should be researching the comps, like what it's selling for, what's under contract, because right now that's kind of the market where not what something sold for six months ago, but like what's for sale, how long has it been sitting for sale, what's under contract, what was the price, call those list agents and say, hey, what offer did you actually accept and get those details of that house. And then you can also, of course, use what has sold and that just you got to take those three things into account to look at like what the value of a house is today. But watch it, watch the house too. Right, if the guy really wants to sell it, forty-five days from now, it'll still be there, still be there, no doubt. They'll get more desperate.
1: Yep, no doubt about it. And and, and definitely make sure it's what you really want, and in economic terms, that it maximizes your utilities, and it's something you really uh, want to do. I appreciate the answer, Joe, and I appreciate the question. It is a good one, but again, you know, just make sure. I'm sure chances are what you heard from Corey and from Jake are accurate. That there's there's something behind the scenes with the seller as to why you're not getting any type of a concession or like. Like I said, you can call a realtor like Jake, who who at the end of the transaction gets three your $3,000 earnest money put back into your account. That I haven't seen in a long, long time. It was magic. But again, Jake went out. He went to bat for his seller. He got what they needed. And again, to see a first-time home buyer, a kid, 23 years old, a young man, I should say, now gets to furnish his house and go out and do other things because he did not have to have the financial, uh, the, the financial uh, burden, if you call it, of, of basically he was going to spend the majority of his money initially. To buy this house, and, and not only did he not spend the majority of money, he got his earnest money back. That is what a good realtor and a lender that knows what they're doing can get done for you, Corey. I want to say goodbye to you. As always, we appreciate you joining the show. Appreciate your knowledge. I know our audience loves it, and we have to give you the proper send off before we let you go. So, Mitch, let's do that right now.
0: You've been listening to the CEO Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Residential Bank Corp's Chief Executive Officer, Corey Wood.
1: Corey, we appreciate you, and I know I'll be talking to you if not over the weekend on Monday. You have yourself a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Uh, pleasure, Brian. It is great being on here with Jake and yourself. Uh, you all have a great weekend. You do the same. Once again, that is Residential Bank Corp. CEO Corey. What I told you, I work for somebody great. It, you know, the problem, the only problem with working for a guy like Corey is I can never leave. I don't care what somebody else offers me. You know, at this time when you're successful and you're closing loans, you're getting a lot of people recruiting you. And I tell them, you know, if is Corey, would is he running your company? Because if he is, I'll come there. And I'm not. Corey knows I'm not blowing smoke up his backside. He is that. He is just a tentative. And, and not just with us. You know, he cares about our clients. He wants to get loans done, and as long as everything is above board, Corey is going to go to bat for your clients, for 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 our clients, for our realtors, and most importantly, you know, for the people that that really don't have the knowledge of this business, Corey goes to bat for all of them and he does, and, and the main thing is, he keeps his finger on the pulse of this business so he knows what's happening, and he's not Nostradamus but his predictions are tremendous Jake, uh, you know, again, I promised everyone a little bit earlier, I want to hear from you and I've gotten a few questions on it so I know When you are out right now and you're looking for a realtor, be it to list your property or to represent you to buy a home, what would you say are the the qualities that you should look for first and foremost?
2: First and foremost is communication because this industry is all about communicating. Uh, You have to communicate with your clients. You have to communicate with the lender. You have to communicate with the realtor on the other side, the title company. So I would always say, like, if you have a hard time getting in touch with somebody, like, I don't, maybe they're busy, maybe they have a family, I don't know what that is, um, but within a reasonable business time frame, you know, like seven thirty a.m. to you know six thirty at night. Um, or at least if someone sends me a text later, like, "Hey guys, I got it. Uh, I'll, I'll call you at nine o'clock tomorrow morning." So I feel like communication is the absolute most important thing. Like you need to be able to communicate. You know, it's a two way street. And if someone's never reachable, can never get in touch with them, I can tell you when I'm t- trying to reach other agents, uh, deal and offer escrow, it's the most frustrating thing when you cannot get in touch with somebody else. And we have a whether it's a three hundred thousand dollar deal on the line or a three million dollar deal line, it doesn't matter. Like there's people's lives that are being affected by this uh you know what's going on. So communication and one thing I always whenever I meet someone new, um, whether it's on the phone or if I if I'm not meeting them face to face, I'm like, hey, I'd like to come, you know, meet you, talk to you, take you out for coffee. I'd like to to get to know you to find out if A, you're a good fit for me and if you're also, or if I'm a good fit for you. So I feel like it's a two way interview street. Cause I have, I guess you could say told clients in the past, like I just won't work with them anymore because they were too volatile. They had unrealistic expectations and nothing was probably ever going to happen until they got whatever they needed to get sorted out in their life. So I think it's a two way interview street and communication and you got to feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, then. There's there's 18,000 real estate agents in Las Vegas.
1: No question about it. A lot of great ones. And and all the ones out there right now are working as hard as they've ever worked because when it is a buyer's market and especially when you when you have a buyer's market and yet interest rates are on the rise, it is a little bit more challenging. Not so much for us. We can still get it done, but it's more challenging to convince you that this is the best opportunity for you. And yes, I've had a couple of my friends that are been watching on Facebook. Live personally texting me? That is Jake's website. Spencer, hey, Spencer is on his game, man. Is there- if you're watching it, what he is showing you, the houses, those are houses listed on Jake's website right now. And that's what Spencer's showing you. So, Spence, appreciate it. People are watching and uh, they enjoy that. But, yeah, that is, that's your personal website. It looks good, man. Well, it's, so,
2: it's brand new. Yeah, it just went live like so a night or two ago. Spencer so. doesn't
1: give it's you any fine. time. He he put, pops it right up there, but it's good. Some great, man, the house he was showing us looked beautiful. So oh, fantastic. So pretty cool stuff. Jake, I want you to give everyone how they can get in touch with you and talk to you personally. Uh,
2: certainly. The best way is my personal cell phone is 702. Just send me a text, right? Um, Because, you know, I get a lot of text messages and especially if it's unknown. I answer my phone all the time. Um, The other night it rang. Stace and I were going to sleep and it was like 11 o'clock at night and it was an unknown number. So, I didn't answer it, but then they called me back five minutes later and I was thinking like, maybe it's an emergency. So, I picked it up. It was actually someone who was on my YouTube channel and they're like, hey, we love this house you showed and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, great. I was like, well, thanks so much. And they're... I thought maybe they were drinking, but they weren't. They just were just excited, off, just excited and just got off work. So I said, great. So I sent him a text. We connect the next day. But anyways, just send me a text uh, 702-493-1934 or you can email me jake at jbrelv.com.
1: There you go. And uh, once again, Jake Burkett uh, with Real Broker. Um, just from doing a transaction with the guy, this is a good realtor. And matter of fact, I'll, I'll say beyond a good realtor, he's going to get it done. He is motivated. And what you notice with most veterans is they, they their motor runs a little differently than a lot of people, and it's just the discipline and the caring for people, and that's why they did did what they do. Um, I'm not going to keep Jake much longer as we enter the store. Him and his wife, Stacy, they, they have plans. What are your plans tonight, by the way? Your wife came down with you? Really cool. Filming in the background. She she doesn't want to be on and She would look better than both of us behind the camera, yes. and she doesn't want to be on the camera, yes. but what are you guys doing tonight?
2: Um, well, we're going to go pick up our daughters. Our daughters are out hanging out with friends, and then um, we have to go home and pack, so we're very blessed oh we have to get on an airplane in the morning to go uh, over to hawaii <laughs> for spring break with our daughters so uh, it'll be a late night for certain and i have a an escrow actually i'm just putting together the tc
0: barton show weekday afternoons at 2 on 1400 kshp north las vegas Online. at KSHP.com.
1: The legal idea, I can't stop it. It has to go at the top of every hour. But, uh, once again, he is Jake Burkett. Yes, they're going to Hawaii tomorrow. Uh, you're going to have a hell of a vacation out there. The weather is beautiful. And you know what? Don't worry. You got plenty of time. That is a long plane ride. It's like five hours. And when you look down, all you see is clouds in the Pacific Ocean. And you don't want to think about ...that you're flying over ocean for five hours, so the best thing is to go to sleep or watch a movie, one of the two. Again, greatly appreciate you coming in, Jake. Appreciate you more than I can say on the last transaction. Your help helped get the job done. I usually don't solicit realtors for help, but I could tell right off the get-go you were one that I could. And that's why I think you stand apart from a lot of realtors. And I got two realtors, a real broker now, between you and Tom Fisher, that both run their business the same way. It's a pleasure to work with you, a pleasure to have you on the show.
2: Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure working with you and Lawrence. You guys are totally on top of your game, and I look forward to doing you know more business with you in the future.
1: Absolutely. We've got a lot more business to do. Listen, the show is here every Friday night, 6 to 7 o'clock, right here on KSHB, 1400 AM. You can also catch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube Podcast, available right after the show on the radio station's website and my website, website as well. I'm Brian Feldman. This is Rent by Buy It, We're sh- thanking Jake Burkett and Corey Wood for joining the show and, of course, Spencer out. Trotsky in the back, pushing the buttons. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've
0: been listening to Rent It, Buy It, it on KSHB 1400 AM. If you own or plan to own a home in the state of Nevada, make sure to check out Brian, Louie, and the rest of the Residential Bank Corp crew, along with the mortgage and real estate industry leaders and experts every Friday night at 6. Remember, if you're looking for any information regarding mortgage programs, go to residentialbankcorp.com or give Brian Feldman a call personally at 702-964-5720. Residential Bank Corp. Funding America one neighborhood at a time.